everybody, Frank Aaron here, and I'm back with my good friend Gary back for another episode of All Things Gut Related. Your gut health, your gut, the, the epicenter of your very being, as it turns out. Um, and today we're going to talk about blood pressure and your gut. And I and I I I tell you, this is a good topic, Gary, because my blood pressure has been up just a scooch. Went to the doctors for a follow-up on um, was it Monday? And I'm up was up a few points. Um, mm-hmm. We'll get that handled with, you know, stress remediation and stuff like that. But when you, when you told me we were going to talk about blood pressure and, and, and gut health, I was fascinated because I'm like, of course the gut has something to do with it. The gut has something <laughs> to do with everything. Of course. So of let's course. get right into it, Gary. Tell me, tell, me about, tell me about how blood pressure and the gut, you know, play off each other. Yep. Okay, Frank. Good to be here again, and um, happy to be talking about this all all important topic. It's um, yeah. To to many of us, I guess we would think, well, yeah. What the heck does the gut have to do with blood pressure, and 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 why? Well, what doesn't it have to? The the the, the bigger answer is what doesn't it have to do with? Because every time we turn around, you're telling me something else that the gut is. Um, you know, related to or involved with. So, of co- like I say, of, of course, of course, the gut has something to do with it. So, yeah. Yes, I think our listeners uh, will be getting that point now that, that our gut does influence absolutely everything. And when it comes to blood pressure specifically, Frank, there's actually a number of different ways or a number of different mechanisms that uh, may come into play and and influence the blood pressure in a not so positive way. On the other side of that, of course, there are many things that we can do to help blood pressure, but that's another that's another topic. Um, the and and the reason I want to talk about blood pressure today is because it's still so cardiovascular disease. Frank is still the biggest killer out there, uh, and that's um, a sad reflection on really our understanding of the body. And, and to some degree, just talks about the, the problems with the medications that are prescribed. They're not really dealing with the problem. Yeah, you mentioned that to me privately last week, that you said for all the years and all the money and all the time we've put into this, we're still toppling over from heart disease left, right, and center. Yep, we are. We are. So... Um, Let's just get going and uh, mention a number of the mechanisms and um, hopefully that'll make sense to people. Uh, the, yeah, so blood pressure, or high blood pressure, hypertension, um, whatever we want to uh, refer to it as. Right. And the... Well, and the, and the other side of that, I'm sort of digressing a little bit. Roughly a third of the adults in the Western world have some form of prehypertension or hypertension. So a third of adults in the Western world. It's pretty significant. Um, and the figures for those folks that are age 60 or over... Um, in the US indeed, and probably other Western nations, um, the figure is more like half of the population over that's, the age of 60. That's like horrible. 
Yeah, so, and this is the reason it's such, it has such an impact. And unfortunately, there's still so many people dying from uh, cardiovascular disease. Right. And yeah, you know, the, the, the medications keep on rolling out um, for high blood pressure and for other cardiovascular diseases. But um, as mentioned earlier, they're just not doing it. They're just not doing it. And when we look at the real figures, even if you're on blood pressure medication, Frank, the half of all those that are on medication for hypertension to help bring their blood pressure under control, over half of those people, their blood pressure is still inadequately controlled. So it's almost like we got, we got, well, yeah, you know, it's controlled, but not adequately. It's not bringing it down because we know that if, even if your blood pressure is just a few points above the so-called normal, that, right. that is going to relate to, a, to an increased risk um, over time. So, yeah, they're not getting quite right. So it's time for us to maybe take charge and, and look at... Um, figure another way around the mountain, right? Because this way isn't working there. I mean, yeah. if, it, if it was, we wouldn't be here, right? Absolutely. Yep. Rather than relying on that little pill from the doctor, what else can we do? So anyway, the first thing is we need to understand there's, there's four basic types um, of processes, if you like, or changes that may happen in your body that could then result in um, high blood pressure. And one of the interesting things is that uh, those four mechanisms, when we look at the people, from those four different processes, if you like, they all have several things in common. And guess what they have in common, Frank? Poor gut health. Oh, hey, go to the top of the class. What do I so, wait? Where's my prime? <laughs> we'll talk about that later. So one of the things that is observed in these people is that they have a decreased diversity in their gut microbiome. So uh, that decreased diversity, which we've spoken about, is yet one of the common observations. Now, the second is that they all have a disordered or, or dysbiotic microbial structure. So we've got the decreased diversity and we've got the altered um, dysbiotic um, structure. So that means that we have not got the right balance of the good versus the not so good. Um, and uh, so, so you don't have enough variety and then what you do have isn't the right balance is what you're saying exactly yep you got it frank perfect yep and the the third point is that they all have an altered or more likely a reduced ability to produce some of those important metabolites in our gut and these are the things that result from the fermentation that naturally happens frank and in that fermentation We've got the production of what we know as short-chain fatty acids and neurotransmitters. So with an alteration in that process, we're not producing enough of these, these other helpful components. So as you see, with those three factors, this uh, certainly goes some way to explain how the gut certainly may be related to high blood pressure. It's very interesting, just having the right biodiversity. We've talked about this before. You don't think about it, but it's like having a 
it's almost like having a zoo. You want to have a bunch of different species to keep the crowd entertained. And if your stomach just has a few of this and a few of that and not in the right amounts, you're, you're in trouble. You'll function. It's amazing how well the body will continue to function until it doesn't function anymore or any longer. Like it, it sure tries. It has a will. Your body has a hell of a will to live, Gary. That it'll it put sure up does, Frank. You know, so it's, it's, it, I think we've talked about this in the past, what a miracle it is that we beat up on it. We don't take care of it. We don't get enough sleep, enough water, enough sunlight, you know, this, that, and the other thing. And yet it keeps moving and keeps wanting to keep us alive. So um, surely it's not a lot to ask to, um, to you know, get, get some love from us. It, it, it just seems like a sensible investment. Yeah, I agree. And yeah, I kind of like the way you put that. Yeah, the the zoo with the whole whole range of different animals is uh, nothing more disappointing than going to the zoo and seeing the uh, the little enclosures or the space for animals and the animals aren't there. And so um, let's just dig into that a little bit, Frank. So that we know that that dysbiosis or Dysbiosis, remember, is about imbalance in the gut microflora and the gut bacteria. Right. So with any level of dysbiosis, then generally what's going to result is there's going to be a lower level of production of some of those really important metabolites. And these metabolites that are produced directly through the fermentation in the gut, the fermentation that's that's results from the presence of our, the bacteria. So, and of course that's completely normal. This is a normal part of the process of how our body's designed. So it should be at a level where we don't feel any discomfort. Of course, we don't get any overt signs, uh, things like bloating or flatulence or whatever. So it's just yeah, fermentation. Don't get sort of too overwhelmed by it. It happens in the gut and it shouldn't be something that we're 100% aware of. It just is what these uh, bugs in our system do. Right. So the process, Frank, is that the fiber that we eat comes in and those gut microbes work on that fiber. And that's the fermentation process. And of course, the, the really clever thing is that um, the things that are produced and this is, you know, I still think this is quite amazing. So you're eating a, a range of different fiber and the fermentation process that's carried out by our little gut bacteria actually produces some little essential fats, essential fats. So the fiber and the bacteria work together and create fat. I mean, that's, that's just mind-blowing in, in so many ways. And uh, anyway, we call these things short-chain fatty acids. Right, you mentioned those in past podcasts, and they sound important. Yeah, absolutely. The, um, the short-chain fatty acids are those things that um, do lots of different things. They're helping with neurotransmitters, they're helping with our mood, they're helping with signaling right through the body. And a couple of these little short-chain fatty acids, interestingly, have quite specific roles. And one of them helps to push the blood pressure up, well, the other one helps to bring the blood pressure down. So the short-chain fatty acid that we know as butyrate, for example, uh, is the one in this particular case that helps lower the blood pressure. So it kind of goes without saying that if you don't produce enough or adequate levels of 
butyrate, um, once again, which is, which is directly resulted to the fibre that you're ingesting, then it's going to lead to potentially having an elevated blood pressure. It can't, so, make, it can't make what you don't give it the ingredients to make, in other words. That's, that's it, yep. Yeah. Right. If you're not ingesting the right uh, amounts of fibre, you don't have the good guys in the system, you're going to have that sort of problem. Not enough butyrate, and butyrate's really protective in lots of ways as well, so um, important. So uh, the next reason that I just want to mention, Frank, is if you eat too much salt, then you may well have elevated blood pressure as a direct result. But why is that? So if you're the sort of person that eats lots of processed food or adds lots of salt to your food, um, then what happens is that that salt pushes your electrolytes out of balance. So electrolytes are those minerals in your blood that um, help to maintain the right electrical activity. Right. And understand that our body is, is basically like a battery in many ways and adequate hydration and the right electrolytes will allow that, the battery that is our body to operate normally. So you throw in too much salt, that pushes your electrolytes out of balance and guess what happens then? The electrolytes in the blood then cause an alteration in the gut which is going to create an alteration in that microbial balance, quite specifically. Okay. So once again, an imbalance of electrolytes, shifting the gut, causing a upset in the microbial balance. And we've also talked about in the past is that, you know, people talk about the good bacteria and the bad bacteria and it's always about the balance. We are always going to harbour some of the so-called bad bacteria, but in their right percentage, in their right um, uh, numbers, they're not a problem. They and may be bad guys in disguise, but they're not a problem unless things become out of balance. Now, I'm reading some stuff here. We talked about this last week. Don't you want to have a little bit of the bad stuff so that your 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 gut knows what to do with it when when it like if you get exposed to a whole bunch of it, Gare? Or am I am I thinking wrong here? No, you're right, Frank. There is certainly research that suggests that 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 the low levels of some of the bad guys mm -hmm. actually help to stimulate certain things just at the right level. It's when they sort of become um, all powerful and start to dominate things and they push the body, you know, in the wrong direction. But yes, small amounts of the bad guys help to initiate um, a healthy response in the gut. And this can be sort of, um, the same thing relates to our immune system, interestingly enough, overall. And remember, most of our immune system is initiated in the gut. Uh, but there's research that suggests that um, unfortunately, with our current uh, vaccine schedule that's pumping dozens of vaccines into very, very young children, babies, um, their immune system isn't getting enough of the natural exposure to things to prime it to be strong as an adult. Uh, and, um, you know, quite a controversial topic for some people, but the fact is that um, the the child's body and the child's immune system will be far stronger as an adult 
if it's exposed to different things throughout its early childhood. And the first 12 months in particular is quite important in that regard. Yeah, I've heard that the first 12 months is basically everything, isn't it? Yeah. So, and unfortunately, the, the vaccines, um, contrary to what some people believe, don't create the same immune system strength as natural exposure to these bugs over, over a period of time. Anyway, we won't go. We won't go down that track at the moment. Right? Yeah, that that's something for another um, topic because I under a topic for another show because I understand your position, and I'm always intrigued by alternate um, viewpoints, if you will. You know. Yep. Yep. There's lots of lots of stuff out there which uh, is really interesting. Right. Um, so yeah. So we've got some. Um, those two mechanisms so far. And the next one is um, more about the alteration of microbes and that, that balance of the good versus bad because what eventually happens when we've got that dysbiosis or imbalance, mm -hmm. things start happening with the gut that cause a body response that is a form of inflammation. You actually start to create inflammation within the gut. And that's and a problem. That's a problem. That's, that's a, problem. a problem. You don't want and that. And our listeners, our listeners will be familiar with the term uh, leaky gut syndrome, which yes, uh, we've covered that around. ourselves. We've covered that ourselves. And you know, you, you get, you give me something to think about care. I'm going to make a note as far as the um, vaccination stuff. I just want to set a reminder here to cover okay. that. So, yeah, I, I can understand what you're saying. Like, being, you know, your body isn't um, des designed to be prevented exposure to everything. Your body, and I'm not taking a pro-vax or anti-vax stance, but I can see the sense or the logic in saying, you know, your body needs to expose to a little bit of everything because if you're the boy in the bubble, um, and you're constantly protected, quote unquote, against everything, you don't ever develop immunity. I mean, I, I, it's a simplistic yeah. argument, but sure, surely there's, there's, there's some, something to that, right? Yeah, oh, absolutely, Frank. Yeah, there's, there's plenty of um, research documentation that talks about that, that exact thing. So, okay, yeah. so we're going to, I don't want to go down that rabbit hole, but that's something for another show. We want to plant that bookmark in your brain, dear listener and viewer, um, that we're going to cover that for you down the road a little bit. So continue, Gary. You always bring up so many good subjects that I'm constantly looking and taking notes and open up new pages here in my, my browser sure. and things to figure out and such. So thank you for that. Excellent. So, yeah, so, so um, dysbiosis, gut imbalance, inflammation or leaky gut. And, and the thing with that, Frank, is that um, when we have this change that leads to inflammation, inflammation doesn't just stay there in the gut where it's initiated or wherever. That inflammation ultimately spreads, even though it's on a, on a cellular level, um, you know, it's unlike a, 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 an achy joint or whatever, we're not necessarily aware of the pain, but the body right. is under stress, and that inflammation actually ultimately becomes systemic. 
So the gut inflammation will lead to vascular inflammation. It leads to all kinds of leads to all kind of trouble. Is what you is what you're telling me. That's true. So that gut inflammation will ultimately lead to changes in our blood vessels themselves due to the inflammation. And that uh, action is once again going to push the body towards a hypertensive state, to, towards having high blood pressure. So, yeah, so those sort of uh, uh, three carries. The Another mechanism, which I won't really dig into too much, is, of course, related to stress. Yeah. And we know that that fight or flight mechanism pushes the body to produce extra stress hormones. Those stress hormones go into the blood and everything within the blood has to alter. And that itself then can alter the hormones that control our blood pressure. And of course, um, many people are very familiar with the fact that when you're under stress, your blood pressure is going to be directly um, affected. Yeah, and at that point, Gary, it's just like um, anarchy. Is when the when the the stress is running the show, you're you're stuck. You have a problem. Yeah, particularly if it's um, ongoing or persistent, Frank. That's when it's a problem. A little bit of short-term stress, not a problem. Our body actually thrives on that, and, and you know, gets primed to be stronger. But yeah, it's when it's continuous or over a long period of time that's a, a real. So basically, if you if you continually expose it, obviously you're 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 chipping away at stuff, and it's just no good. Yep, not good at all. So the the other the thing to understand, Frank, is that whatever the case, if you have a poorly controlled blood pressure, which from the the um, statistics it looks like there's lots of people in that category. So if you have poorly controlled blood pressure, and you're looking for something different that you could do to perhaps take charge or add to what might you know, already being created with the medication, that you need right. a little bit more help. So remember those three things. First is to increase your fiber intake, and that means basically more um, fruits and vegetables, uh, good fiber. There are these days some really great quality um, supplements, generally in a powder form, Frank, that combine some of the really um, most beneficial types of fiber. So if people are really struggling with, you know, increasing their intake of um, vegetables in particular, which is obviously the most uh, effective way over time. Um, right. Look, look at some of these high quality fiber supplements that are there because they have, the good ones have fibers that quite um, specifically help with creating more of those um, beneficial short-chain fatty acids like the butyrate that I mentioned. And, and that's the stuff that you were kind enough to rec recommend for me so that, um, you know, I'll be a, a, a basically a product of this stuff myself. Given the, given the gut what the gut needs and the gut, if you give the proper instructions, the gut knows what it needs to do and then it's just going to get to work, but you have to give it like we say, Gary, you have to give it the, 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 the appropriate building blocks, don't you? Yep. It's like the, it's like the compost, Frank, you know, the, yeah. uh, the, the, the fiber. So fiber is the first one. Second is to consider maybe using a probiotic. So helping to get the good guys back in balance with the right thing. And our listeners know also that not all probiotics are created the same. Um, you know, there's, there's, 
a lot of science these days on very specific strains of bacteria that are used in probiotic formulas that have quite specific actions and quite specific um, areas that they work in the gut. So just you know, do a little bit of diligence on that one and make sure you get the right thing. All, 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 you know, make sure what you're saying is make sure you look at them and you know what you're buying because they're not all equal. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. I don't know if, if you guys have this one available in the, in the US, but this one, for example, is one that I use. Uh, a lot of research and science behind it, and we know it has a specific um, effect on helping reduce inflammation and improving neurotransmitters. So, um, yeah, as I say, do a, little bit of, do a little bit of research. Right. So we've got fiber, we've got probiotic, and third, probably most important, Frank, for anyone is probably getting a good dose of magnesium into. Yeah, I was wondering when you were going to get to that because that's magnesium seems to be the the, the the stuff that we want to be aware of, isn't it, Gary? Yeah, it's it's a really big one, Frank. Magnesium. I talk to a lot of my people about magnesium because mm -hmm. it's it's missing or it's inadequate in most people's diet. So if you're not already taking a magnesium, I suggest it would be a really important one to help with um, not only your blood pressure, but general cardiovascular health and other things as well. So magnesium, uh, let me make a note of that here. Well, thankfully, I have you to take care of me, Gary. Give me these keep me on track, here. Frank. Yeah, yeah. I, you're, like my Jiminy, you're like my nutritional Jiminy Cricket, is what I would yeah. say. So there's many different forms of magnesium and, uh, you know, just look at look for a good quality one and uh, and take it every day because we know there's so many protective properties from having adequate levels of magnesium in your blood. So, right. Um, yeah. So those three points. So, yep. Fiber, probiotics, and magnesium could go some way to helping alleviate an uncontrolled um, blood pressure. Uh, uh, yeah. And and and. Not only that, but it, it's that's just one thing that it's going to do for your gut. I mean, if you if you sort your gut out, this is just one benefit. Your blood pressure doesn't live in a in a vacuum, Gary. Is what we're yeah. saying. You know, there's yeah. lots. Well, it, it comes back to what I said at the beginning, Frank. Even just a, a a minor rise in your blood pressure, we know that if that's occurring, that is going to increase your risk of some other. You know undesirable event and also increase your risk of degenerative disease in general. Right. So it's, it's a big player and, and, and we don't need to be dying of cardiovascular disease. We've created no. it in most cases. Once again, yeah. you know, there's so many, so many degenerative conditions that too many people unfortunately suffer with and, and live with that have been totally created from diet and lifestyle choices. It's so weird. Yeah. So we can't rely on the health system um, to correct that. We can't rely on um, the fast food retailers to correct that. We've yeah. got to take control and do other things. And, you're, and, you're responsible for what happens to your own body. That's for sure, Gary. Yeah. yeah. And then, you know, aside of the three things that I've mentioned, the fiber, the probiotic, and the magnesium, there's also lots of other things uh, that can be particularly helpful. You know, things like garlic in your in your day, uh, cinnamon, Frank. Cinnamon. I've always heard. I've always heard cinnamon is good for you. 
that, you know, it has the, the potential to help regulate your blood sugar and regulate your blood pressure. So how good is that? One simple little spice, you know, and add it to your day. You know, do a little bit of reading and find out that there's many, many things that we all can do that are inexpensive and we just need to add them to our food. We just need a little bit, a little bit of, dis, I guess, discipline or understanding or... Um, yeah, I guess understanding first and then perhaps a little bit of discipline and, and uh, you could be quite pleasantly surprised as to how different you feel. Yeah, I'm just reading this stuff and I'm like, there's so much possibility out there and, and just to like take care of your body, like, because you only get one. So we could talk ad nauseum about this. We're going to continue um, to cover this material and... Um, Let's just pick it back up again next call, Gary. It's, this is great. Thank you. It certainly Sounds gives me a lot to think about. Like you see my eyes <laughs> opening a tab here. I'm like, we hang up. As soon as I get a chance, I'm going to go back in and look at all this stuff. So thanks so much, Gary. Thanks, everybody, for listening and watching. And we'll be back at you with another episode. Um, and just want to see your gut be a lean, mean fighting machine. Yeah, sounds good. Thanks, Frank. And thanks, everyone, for listening. Bye. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Bye.